Welcome to the Digital Savvy Doctor podcast series by Michael Dukowski. The Digital Savvy Doctor is dedicated to providing internet marketing education to physicians for better business development and overall patient communication. Welcome to the Digital Savvy Doctor podcast series. Today we're recording live from the ACOS meeting in Park City, Utah at Deer Valley. I'm very honored to be here with three very cool people and three very influential people in the field of ophthalmology, Matt Jensen, D. Stevenson, MD, and Carolyn Silvato from Loden Vision. Today we're going to talk about the concept of commitment and what it takes to make a great patient experience at your particular practice. Before we get started, I wanted to kind of go around the room and get some background information on everybody. Let's start with you, Matt, and just tell us a little bit about your background and where you work and what it's all about. Yeah, well, well, thanks, Michael, and thanks for having us here for uh, this discussion, an important one and an important topic. Uh, I'm the CEO of Vance Thompson Vision in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, and I've worked there for just shy of 14 years. Um, it's an easy number to remember because I was uh, employee number 14, and we in that short time have grown to just shy of 100 people. Wow. Uh, the surgeons at Vance Thompson Vision are Vance Thompson, Allison Tendler, and Dr. John Birdall, as well as uh, five optometrists and a myriad of other staff um, that have helped. Actually, we just had another surgeon join us in the Fargo market, Dr. Michael Greenwood, so we're expanding you know, north. And, uh, and so we're really excited about the growth of our future. We're mostly anterior segment, or all anterior segment, but we do um, you know, heavily refractive uh, uh, work. So that's LASIK, cataract surgery, advanced cataract surgery, um, MIGS when it comes to glaucoma, and then uh, uh, some of the more advanced cornea treatments. Uh, our center really over the past decade has really positioned itself by being completely based in the patient customer experience. And while, uh, while we write a lot about that for our industry and, and for business in general, um, we feel like the best way to do that is through creating great experiences for our team. And so uh, we are not uh, a place where the customer is always right. We're, we're a place where the team is always right. And by uh, treating them properly, uh, they uh, treat our patient customers oh, properly. So that's kind of how we built our model, and we're excited to kind of get into um, um, you know, how proud of it we are in this session. Great. So, Matt, you also have the fortunate experience of owning Matt Jensen Marketing, and you kind of do that as well, and so you've got a great background with that. Tell me a little bit about Matt Jensen Marketing. Yeah, so Matt Jensen Marketing uh, really is an experienced design firm. Uh, you know, at our website, mjmexperience.com, we talk about case studies that we have not only in healthcare, but also in traditional business, in the nonprofit space and ministry space, but also um, regular Main Street businesses, and how uh, the staging of experiences is probably the most impactful way to properly market. You know, Peter Drucker, who's a well known person in the marketing world, said, um, the purpose of the ad is to make the product superfluous. And, and we subscribe to a kind of a credo um, that's been written heavily about in experience-based marketing, uh, that the purpose of the experience is to make the ad superfluous. So people who are creating experiences that are remarkable in such a way where people can't help but tell their friends and family about it, they need to um, go out and use paid media less and less and less, and they are more than happy to tell the story for you. And so um, um, we love that because it gives us free license to just make people's day. It's good business, but it's also the right thing to do. Great. Well, thanks for sharing all that with us. I think you were the first person to kind of turn me on to the experience thing with that book you gave me, The Experience Economy. Yeah. 
Yeah, we've had a lot of mentors help teach us about that. Of course, the authors, Jim Gilmore and Joe Pine, are long friends of the practice. John DeJulius uh, uh, has visited our practice several times. He's featured in that book and has other books on the topic. And then, of course, an industry friend and favorite, uh, Sharif Madavi, is really uh, who turned uh, Dr. Thompson and I onto the topic and, and where we really uh, did a deep dive. So we, we, you know, we, a lot of people have poured a lot of time, energy, and treasure into us. Um, we're not we're not a self-made practice. <laughs> well, thanks for sharing that with us, Dr. Stevenson. Um, tell us a little bit about your background and how you created um, such a unique practice um, in Florida. Well, <clears throat> I, I'm a I'm a Florida girl, so going home was an easy, a very very easy choice. Nice. I've been in practice about 28 years, and I'm a solo practitioner. Yeah. And unique. I had the grand fortune of having some wonderful mentors when I was training. I had some. Bad examples, but I had some one in a particular very, very important person in my life who today is still important in my life. And he taught me the, the I guess, the two most important things about medicine is about how you treat a person and how you make them feel when they're sitting in your chair. And they, you know, patients forever love their doctors for the most part, but to, re, to, to be allegiant and to, um, you know, to have a relationship with a patient I think is very important. He taught me two things. Once, to love what I do and to always be afraid in the operating room. And when the la- when you're not afraid anymore in the operating room is when you need to retire. Uh-oh. He also taught me the most important thing is he, call- he called all of his surgical patients the night before surgery and the day of surgery. And I took that to heart and have done that for 28 years and it has never failed me. So why is my practice the way it is? Well, um, I sit between two of the largest practices in the state of Florida, and I had to set myself apart from them. First of all, I'm a girl, and when I came to Venice, Florida, 28 years ago, there were very few, there were, there were no women ophthalmologists, and there were very few, there were, you know, a handful of solo practitioner, solo ophthalmologists. But for me, uh, so my name is Patricia D. Garrett Stevenson, but my, I always put my initials out there, P.D.G. Stevenson, because it was an older community, and a lot of older people did not like women doctors yet. Um, It was in 1989, so they were not, so if they didn't know that I was a woman, then they would come into my office, then they would like me. But I would maybe good enough to take care of their wife, but I wasn't good enough to take care of them. So the bottom line was I wanted to do something that made me feel good every day. And every day, ophthalmology to this day still makes me feel good. And it's about relationships. Um, you know, I have the grand fortune of, of uh, the two people that are here today. I, I'm friends with both of the people they work with. You know, Vance Thompson has been uh, inspiration. And Jim Loden has been my partner in crime and a co-chair for five years with the Caribbean Eye Meeting, and we all do it differently. But we all have, an, we all have egos, but we also have to have a, you know, a compassionate side and a humble side. And I think that's probably what made me do my boutique practice. And I like to know something about the patient. I like to know something about their family. I now see, you know, great-grandchildren, uh, you know, of, of people that I started with 28 years ago. I, in fact, uh, you know, it's very rewarding to do uh, or see even uh, the young children of, of, of children that I started with, you know, or the, and their parents and their grandparents. So it, it's been a very um, rewarding um, uh, practice. But where it turned around for me was I needed to step off in technology or I needed to retire because it was fine going along. I did great cataract surgery. Patients were happy. My practice was busy. 
And then I something very, very special happened to me. I got pregnant 21 years ago, not ever thinking I was going to have a family, and I had to do something a little bit different. So if I was going to spend time away from my family, I needed to make sure that my family at my work was going to be a beautiful and wonderful place to work. So I bought a biz, I bought an old home that was built in 1926, an Italian Renaissance home, and I restored it to its beauty, and I made it a really cool, warm, cozy I want to be there. It's not like any doctor's office I've ever been in. So, And then I hired people that have been with me my entire career. Yeah, it's something. And, yeah. you know, the only pe- I've had a couple of people leave my practice for different reasons, divorce. Um, they were retiring, too retired. But most of them have been with me for 28 years. So I'm very fortunate yeah. that, you know, and, and, it's, and it's about what the patient sees at the front. I'm not always in a great mood, but my staff is. So how my staff treats the patient, and we saw it today on the on uh, the media when, when when they write something down about how one it was great from the moment I walked in to the moment I left. You know, I might be a great doctor and I might be do, do great surgery, but if they're treated badly, they're, that's what they're going to remember. It's a bad experience if they're treated. So badly. I had to step off on some technology. So I got involved with some uh, startup companies, you know, Wave Tech Vision and some other things that kind of changed my path and made me, you know, um, I, I'm a, I'm a early adapter. And I'm also a good listener, and um, I've learned from the way the big practices do it in a mass production. And I don't mean mass production, but they do it in a large volume, the same thing I do but in a large volume. They may not know Mr. Smith's great-grandchild's name, but they know a lot about Mr. Smith. So I, 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 owe that, I think that's a real feather in both these large practices, Load and Vision and, and uh, Thompson, uh, Vance Thompson's uh, practice as well. Um, but, you know, I've had the grand fortune of just, I'm in a small town and people, people, uh, like coming into my office. You know, I don't advertise a lot, um, except on my webpage, um, that, uh, of course, digital savvy. Has just, uh, really become, uh, an awesome webpage and, um, I'm, I'm really proud of it. But the biggest thing is just always treat patients the way you would want them treated to you to be treated. And I've not forgotten that. And I think that giving them that little extra, you know, you throw in the Fimto if you need to. You throw in the, the, the pair of gla- reading glasses. You know, you, throw, you give them extras because you, 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 pay for, you give them their medicine or you take it to their house. I've done that. You know, I've taken uh, my optical shop. The lady's taken uh, the glasses to the patient's house. You know, I live on an island. You, you know, you do these little things and they rem- that's what they remember. And, you know, the other thing, I think, for me, being involved in the, my community, I'm a member of the Lions Club. I was the first president in 50 years, all-male, first female president, only pregnant president. And, um, you know, so I give back to my community in eyes. I mean, in other ways, too, but in eyes. So I'm remembered a lot by my face from, from the Lions Club. So I think it's just how you um, – it's great to do all this wonderful technology, but I do think that the patient is the most important thing and how you make them feel from beginning to end. Well, know? thanks for sharing that with sure. us, Dee. Carolyn, um, you have a huge amount of experience in ophthalmology. I know you worked at BSM. Now you're working with Dr. Loden. Tell us a little bit about your background um, and all the work that you did for BSM, and, and what did you learn about commitment to the practice, and, and what does it take to make that work better? Well, I've been in the uh, I've been in the industry for we'll just say thirty many years. We'll leave it at that. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> it's been a while. No. Uh, was on the road for twenty years as a wow. consultant. Worked with BSM for thirteen years. Uh, one of the best companies. I can't say enough good things about them. 
um, but I think it was time for me to get off the road and um, I was working with Dr. Loden's practice uh, as a consultant and we talked and he had asked me to join him and I, I loved his vision and what, one of the things that I liked about his vision was one of the things that I tried to teach as a consultant for many, many years and it was the patient experience. It was how you treat your patient. It's not... Uh, one of the things Dr. Loden said to me was, you know, Carolyn, the way I look at it, um, we have to treat our patients as best we can. If we treat them right and we show them the compassion, concern um, that we have for their eyes, the money will follow. Your success will follow. But it, it's all about how you treat your patients. And to me, that was probably one of the most important things that he could have said to me to make me want to join that practice. Um, what I see when I was in the industry um, was oftentimes we got away from many practices I would see that, that were having struggles that had hired me to come in, had gotten away from, from that. It was more about um, focusing on um, growth, 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 and not thinking about the patient first. The patient is what is going to help you grow your business. So with Dr. Loden and joining him, you know, we spend so much, an enormous amount of time and energy training our staff and helping them to understand um, the importance of their role in, in our growth. We just opened or we just moved um, in December into 48,000 square foot. That's a, that's a big space. It's a big space. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. we, um, that's our main location. We have um, another location we just opened, Gallatin. Um, and Smyrna will be opening in uh, two weeks. So we're opening two brand-new satellites back-to-back, brand-new buildings from the ground up. Um, we have another center in Green Hills, Tennessee, um, which is part of a, a Nashville uh, suburb uh, that's been around for quite a while. So we're up to five locations, and then we have two, a surgery center as well as another location in Paris, Tennessee, which is about two and a half hours away. Um, so we're, we're trying to... Uh, grow our business. We're changing our strategy, which I think some people feel is is good, and some people may disagree with it. Uh, it's been a referral surgical practice for many, many years. Um, Dr. Loden wants to expand that and become a full service uh, clinic. So we have added optical, and we're growing that optical business so that we can service our patients in in all of their optical or all of their eye care needs. So I am helping him get that off the ground, which has been pretty successful. So we've. Uh, We've got two beautiful optical shops right now. We'll be opening the third and fourth very, very soon, and we plan to grow that business and hopefully be somewhat of our own referral source. Um, So as we continue to grow, so we're kind of looking at the perimeter of of Tennessee, but... um, it's it's a fun it's a fun job for me and and he him and I are again like you, um, it's all about the patient experience and so we're working very very hard with that. How do you scale the 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 quality of the patient experience with with the multiple locations? Is is and what are the challenges that you need to do to ensure the quality of that? Well, a lot of training number one, and we have a, a lot of protocols that we've put in place. We have. One thing that we do that I think is, is really fun, and I don't know how many practices do it, but we do a morning huddle every single day where all the employees, everyone gets together, and they have to do it at each location. Mm-hmm. And we get together and we talk about um, talk about things that have went wrong. We talk about what patients are coming in that day, and then what can we do to improve the experience. And if I see something as chief administrative officer that I don't 
that I don't think is a good customer service experience, we'll talk about it. One of the things that we've implemented, just to give you an example, um, our staff had a habit of coming out and calling the patient, you know, Mrs. Jones and, and having the patient come out. So we changed that strategy and we had uh, the front desk put a sli- you know, a minimal description of the patient. Um, so when a tech comes out and, and wants to call the patient, they see Mrs. Jones is sitting there in a blue blouse, whatever. I, 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 that's one thing I do. I've done that for 20 years. Exactly. Yeah. Sure. We, and sure. our office is so big that, you know, it's a big waiting room. So sometimes they have to really look around for this patient. <laughs> and then we, ha- we make our techs escort the patient back, not walk 10 feet ahead of them. And, oh, right. you know, especially when you're dealing with older patients in wheelchairs and things like that. But, um, and we, we didn't put uh, this we find interest the people find interesting we didn't put handicap push buttons on the front door we have a concierge yes, so when oh. you walk into our building there's a concierge to greet you when she sees you coming in she is to get up she walks over she opens the door she greets you she brings you in and then she takes you to whichever clinic you um you are scheduled in that day because we have a general clinic we have a refractive clinic and we have a retina clinic which we've just added so they will escort you to that clinic. So those are the type of just hands-on um, touching the patient That's as great. much as we can. That's yeah, those great. are good tactics. And I, I think that, uh, you know, in South Dakota, we, there's some similar things we've implemented. It sounds like you, Dr. Stevenson, have implemented similar things. And I think what, you, what you're saying, and it's important for listeners to hear, is that there's, um, there's no substitute for time. Right. right. And, and people always say, you want to spend quality time with your team, like quality time with your family. Well, um, if you can, yes. But if you can't, just spend time. Right. Because anytime they're around the people who are seeing the vision for the organization or setting the vision for the organization, they will be better for it. So not only do we do, you know, what we call the holy huddles every morning, there's a half an hour one on Monday and then a 10 minute one every other, every day of the week, um, you know, following. We also, um, you know, once a month do a fun outing with the team. So, you know, just this last month, we went to a rodeo a couple hours away from 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 Sioux Falls and um, you know we we had a bunch of buses take our team and their family and we had a bunch of coolers of you know water and refreshments and, and beer and uh, and uh, you know it was super fun you know to get out there and see some cowboys and and uh, you know we got back late at night and we said you know everybody's got to show up perky and given that great customer experience tomorrow too you no know, you have to be cheerful and cooperative you know right. but and the month before that you know we uh, um, we had a big Easter egg hunt on our property, right, when everybody and their family and all their kids and, you know, we're, we're in a busy place in town, but the, we've got natural prairie grass everywhere so we can really hide some eggs. And all the adults are lining the perimeter of the property and kids are just going going crazy. And, and it's those kinds of memories that make up for how hard work is sometimes and how tough sometimes it can be to work with overwhelming administrators and doctors who might be grouchy or patients who are, who are demanding. Um, but it also gives us a sense of, um, you know, a sense of loyalty. Uh, you said allegiance, Dr. Right. Stevenson, you know, to our, each other. Uh, that we'll, you know, we're in the trenches together, and, and there's some, some mutual admiration and love and respect that goes into our work. And so, you know, I think that just you can't stress enough how important time is. And if you have more than one location, you know, we just uh, signed a deal for video conferencing, you know, for, for our other locations to log into our morning huddles, not have their own. We want them in the same one, you know, so, so stay tuned on how successful that is, right? Uh, but, uh, um, but we really, we just treasure, we just treasure that time. Yeah. Right. And, and, you know, for me, I only have six employees. You know, I have three office people, uh, my office administrator and two <coughs> technicians, and I had a big change happen to me 
my technician of 25 years, husband had a terrible mental, or uh, had a stroke, and she no longer, I mean, she's my right arm. All my pre-op testing is done by her, so I've had to hire someone else. So that was the biggest change I've ever had in my career. Yeah, big change. And um, what we've done since then is, which has been amazing, and you forget, because I have a lot, some of my employees are cross-trained, and all the, 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 the business people are, but the back people were not. So now I'm cro- you know, they're cross-training. So if somebody's out, you know, I have somebody to help me. But what I've learned is I uh, turned my office administrator into the patient liaison. So now she does what all of you have, your counselor, your surgical counselors. But my office was so small that I didn't have enough room and I didn't have enough time. So my technician that was my right arm was doing all the counseling. So what it's allowed me to do is it allowed me to all the calls that come in for medications, all that they see the videos, they see if they come back because they have to have re, uh, pre-op testing, they see my administrator, who's the patient liaison, they see her. All that stays out of my, off of my desk and off of the technicians, so we're done at 5.30. And we actually can go home and have dinner with our family as That's opposed so to important. me being there yeah. till 8 or 9 o'clock looking at charts so and important. stuff. So I've really changed that. And I'll tell you, one of the things that made me um, uh, besides the mi- millions of conversations Jim Loden and I had about practices and family and balancing and doing all this, but last year I had the grand fortune of having Vance Thompson agreed to be the keynote speaker at the at the uh, Caribbean Eye meeting, and you know I've been trying to get him to come forever and he agreed and uh, it wasn't last year it was the year before and um, it was you know poo is poo I mean he is a wonderful man and he and, and if it doesn't start. If, if the heart of the your your business is not in the owner yeah. of the business, yeah. then it goes nowhere. And to clarify her statement, when she says poo is poo, he, he kind of akins himself to Winnie the Pooh. You know, we've got this small acreage, and we've got a bunch of misfit friends, uh, <laughs> all with their, you know, one who's super sour, one who's, you know, bouncing around, and we're all trying to do work together to just kind of make life a little bit happier. And, right. And uh, that's where the reference comes from. Right. But, yeah. but one of the kindest men I know. Yeah. And, and yeah. you know, and... and you know, the thing is, we're, it, it's nice to be able to be successful and to make a great living, but Jim is right. If you treat patients well and you give them good care, the money will follow. Right. And that's a hard lesson in this world, this day and age, when we're cut every, every month from Medicare, from all our procedures. Something new comes out, oh, it's not covered, it's out of, it's out of pocket. Well, how do you justify it in your practice? Well, we all think we're drowning here. And for me, as a solo person, it's a it's a big. I, I'm I'm you know at the end of the day, the only person that takes care of me is me. Yeah. You know, excuse me, but it has been it's absolutely correct. If you give good quality care and you're kind, and human kindness we don't have enough of. And if you're kind, and it starts it, the doctor has to believe in it, and everybody else have to has to drink the Kool Aid. It it seems like all three of you are kind of in agreement on not only creating a great patient experience, but one for your employees. It has and, to. And, I, and I'm, and I'm really, it, really excited to hear yeah. that. Um, and I just think it's wonderful that you start with that. And so have you all seen that by doing that, that's a positive impact on the business? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, it really does. But I, I think it's, um, you, uh, you know, you have to be intentional about spending time together, as was already mentioned. But also, um, it's really important to listen to your front line. You know, we hire people who really, I mean, and everywhere, I think people come to work really wanting to do a good job. They want to. Before we go today, um, we're very excited to be here at ACOS, and um, I'd love to hear what all of you 
think about ACOS and think about all the commitment that every doctor here put for, is put forth to be here. Uh, what do you think about that? Yeah, so this is a great environment to, uh, to, to garner new information. You know, it's a, just a small group of doctors and industry professionals. Uh, the doctors, as we've witnessed here on this podcast, are uh, the topest, you know, the, the, the leaders in their field, the top of, uh, of you know, of, of, the, of their craft. And yet they're still here learning from one another, wanting to improve. And that, that, that should say something right there. Right. So, so what, what do you say to professionals and experts who are already experts, but are they're showing their toughest cases, things that they could have maybe improved upon, um, and still stay paying attention to you know standards of how many rings it should take um, before you answer your phone lines? You know that's that's range, um, and these are the types of providers that um, you know. Uh, Folks like us in the business office, we get to you know um, build a business around, and so that's it's wildly exciting for for people like me. Um, that coupled with people who are bringing the latest and greatest technology, who have a sole desire to improve outcomes and uh, you know for their companies, but also for their end users, the patients, it's um, it's exciting. And unlike the national meetings, which are also good, um, the the pace of these of these sessions. Um, um, is at a pace where you can just have meaningful conversations um, with, you know, a beautiful backdrop of, you know, Aspen or Deer Valley uh, to really get into what's important about life and the business of the eye world. So, it, I mean, it's just an honor to be here, and, and uh, I'm glad you set up a podcast to reflect on yeah. that. Yeah. Dee, what do you think? Well, you know, I, I'm, I've been blessed to uh, be one of the founding members of ACOS, and, you know, you have to give Stephen Dell and Stephen Slade there um, and BMC you know, because, um, you know, and, and, and all industry that's involved, Bill Link and, and, and you know, um, that, like you said, share everything. And it's allowed um, us as doctors to be able to have an influence over industry, over government, over, over um, rulings that happen and, and things that get FDA approved. And, mm -hmm. and um, it's a very unique setting. And, it, and absolutely every time I leave here, I learned something new, and it's different. There are other really good meetings um, that I've been part of and intimately part of, but this is a very, very unique meeting in, in the respect that you're right. You can stand up there, and we learn from you know how many rings it takes to where your name is on a on a Google hit list, and and right. and and you know, geez, I'm opening my you know my fourth satellite. How are you doing that? And how are you still you know? Uh, spending time with your children so it is it's a it's a it's a it's a um a smorgasbord if you will of interesting fun facts to know and share so it's never let me down it's always been a great meeting and it's i've met new people at this meeting first time doctors that i've known for a long time it's nice to see some new faces yeah. but it's also great to to sit down and um you know be able to have these one-on-ones with people that we never see at big meetings because there's not enough hours yeah. in the day you know, and there's not the it doesn't entice you to sit down and have five minutes with someone. But you know, I, I think it's a, 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 a wonderful, you know, a wonderful group of people, mm. and I'm honored to be part of it. Thanks for sharing that with us, Dee. Uh, Carolyn, what are your thoughts on ACOS? And, well, um, I've you know I've had the pleasure of, of attending all of all of the national meetings, and being, I've been a speaker at, at those meetings for many many years, and this is my first time at this meeting. So, uh, Dr. Lone asking me to come was was quite exciting and and I am so impressed at uh, the level of sharing and networking here and one of the things that I noticed just yesterday and today and sitting through the meetings is that like you said these are the top echelon of the industry and the egos are left at the door 
Um, they are not afraid to tell you, these are my problem cases, what would you have done? You know, and, and you know, that's, that's got to be tough. I mean, some of these doctors, most of these doctors in this room are brilliant, just absolute brilliant surgeons, but they're not afraid to show uh, where they've stumbled or how would you do this or get different opinions. And I just find that um, in comparison to other meetings where you just sit and listen and you're not sharing and you're not conversing with each other and getting, uh, getting information and helping each other, you're just there to listen. Um, this has been a remarkable experience for me and I've, I've enjoyed it very much. I'm glad to hear that and I'm glad everybody could come today. I know there's a beautiful day out there and I'm having you guys all in this room right now and I really appreciate you all taking the time today. Well, thanks, Michael. Thank thanks, Michael. Thanks a lot. Thank you for listening to the Digital Savvy Doctor podcast series. For more information in regards to future podcasts, please visit www.digitalsavvydoctor.com.